Thank you for listening to this message from Faith Builders. Pastors Philip and Michelle Still are dedicated to building your faith and framing your world by the Word of God. There are many more resources available on our website, www.buildfaith.net, where you can find links to our audio and video archives. We also invite you to join us online for our live stream services. Remember to build your faith and frame your world by the Word of God. Well, I want to look at some things tonight, beginning in Matthew 16. And I'm so uh, blessed because I mentioned the Kansas location earlier, and of course they had drive-in church today. <laughs> and uh, uh, had newcomers, uh, people that were new came, and, and uh, uh, you know, just, just really uh, were blessed by the service. And, uh, you know, the, the thing about this is I was talking to my son today. He pastors in Illinois, and uh, they were having drive-in church too. And he was telling me, he said, Dad, it was so beautiful. He said, because while I was ministering, he said, of course, we had our people in the parking lot. And he said, but I started watching the houses behind the church. They started coming out of their houses, sitting on their porch, listening. And he said some of them even came out of their houses and came to the fence there that surrounds the church and got up on the fence and were listening. And he said we were touching our, our community in an even greater way, you know, by doing that. You know, uh, the Lord has said to us, said through other people too, but said to us, he said that the month of May would be a month that he would show his grace. You know, I want to be very careful in, in being very uh, 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 spot on with what he said about that. And, and I want to say this for a reason. What he said to me about the month of May was he said in the fifth month, he said, I'll show my grace. And he said, I will show it to a group of people, a people that have largely forgotten me. And he said, yet because of my love and my unchanging nature. I'm going to show them my grace. And he said, and the result of that, the church must mobilize so that we can tell people that it was God that showed that grace to them. And he said, the harvest would be great. And so it's obviously now the harvest is coming. And my purpose for saying that is we have to consistently keep our faith charged up and built up. Because the Lord said something to me tonight. He said, there are going to be many, as I was preparing for church, he said, there's going to be many that come out of this season totally depleted in their spiritual life. And their faith tank is going to be depleted. And here's why. Because they had not spent any time before this building it up. And when, when this season hit, it took everything they had. But he said, there are those of us, and that, that's us here tonight and those watching, that we're going to come out of this stronger than we were. Because not only we didn't have to, to, to build up our reserves, they were already there. They were already there. And when we entered this season, we hit it full of faith. Amen. Oh, I believe God. Hallelujah. And Brother Richard, the Lord says this. He said that this thing that you've experienced with your house and the word from the Lord that you held on to all of those weeks and even months, it did something to your faith and it emboldened you and strengthened you in your faith. And in the future, you're going to have some other divides that come up that you're going to have to step over by faith. But those things that used to be a really a stretch for you like you would have to back up and run at them to get over them. It's going to be like stepping over a mud puddle because your faith is that strong in the Word of God. Hallelujah. Ah, oh, I believe God. Oh, I believe God. Ah, thank you, Lord. Amen. Yes, He is good. And uh, we want to begin in, in Matthew 16. Now, I'm going to do some things, and, and I've never really done anything like this uh, so much in, in the way I'm going to approach it, is uh, years ago, and, and most of us have this little book, God's Creative Power, uh, by Brother Caps, 
And uh, years ago, oh, oh my goodness, 20, 25, 26 years ago, I guess, maybe, maybe, maybe more, but I know that much. Uh, of course, Pastor Michelle and I uh, began to really get a hold of the Word. We, we were both born again, and of course, I'd been born again most of my life. But uh, we began to get a hold of the Word, and thank God, one of the first people that we really got uh, a hold of was Charles Cap. And uh, I was thinking today, if we had not got a hold of what God had spoken through him, the revelations that God had given him, I don't know what we would have done. I, I really don't, because we were just, uh, not only were we broke, we, we, uh, we were facing challenges in our life. I mean, uh, when our daughter was born, uh, uh, she was born with, you know, there were medical issues, and our, our well, second to youngest daughter, uh, our third child, I should say it that way, and uh, of course, Brother Copeland had had spoken into our lives on 112 so drastically, but it was through Brother Charles that we begin to understand the power of our words, and and I know that's big surprise, right? Because that's 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 what he is known for, but uh, it so impacted our life that when we started the church uh, in Kansas. The very first person that we had that was really in the Word of Faith camp was Brother Charles, Brother Caps. We had him come, and uh, I still remember he taught two, two uh, sessions on how God taught Abraham faith, and I still have those notes, and my Lord, they, they were just outstanding, but my point in, in going through all of that is I was reading through uh, this book again, and I'm going to quote freely uh, quote him freely tonight, uh, and along with some things that the Lord has said to me. But uh, he talked here, uh, let's look at Matthew 16, and uh, then we'll go to Psalm 119. But in Matthew 16 and verse 19, Jesus makes a statement that we've read before, but he said, and I will give unto you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. And whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. And whatever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. And we know, and I've even, I even wrote this in uh, uh, my book, First Words Matter, Last Words Stand. The way you bind or loose is by your words. What I say will be established. And I bind things or I loose things with the with my words, with the power of my words. In uh, Psalm 119 and verse 89, and this is a scripture that uh, most people can quote, but uh, the psalmist says in verse 89 of Psalm 119, Forever, O Lord, your word is settled in heaven. Well, what that tells us is that what God has said is already established. It's already settled in heaven. Now, it's up to us. Meaning, what are we going to say about it? What are we going to say about what God has said? The Lord has said that to me several times during uh, uh, this time. That we, there are things we have to establish in the earth. Alright? Uh, the words that have come forth about the season we're in. The fifth month being a month that God's going to show His grace. That this thing will be over sooner than people think. Uh, different things. Uh, believing God for, for uh, 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 differences in the weather. Well, here's the thing. Those things are only going to be established as I declare them. Because what God has said is already established. Forever your word is settled in heaven. But for it to be established in my life, I have to be declaring it. I have to be saying it. I have to be decreeing it. All right? Uh, I've heard people say before, well, you know, I just believe whatever the word says will come to pass. 
it will only come to pass in my life if I'm declaring it. Because that's how it works. Anything that's already established in the kingdom, for it to be established in my life, I have to be decreeing it. This is how it's going to go in my life. I'm taking the word and establishing that in my life. And so when you make a statement, I'll never be broke another day in my life, you are taking the word from Philippians 4.19 that says God will supply all of your need according to His riches in glory. And you are taking that word out of the Bible and establishing it in your life. This is how it will be. All right? Hallelujah. In uh, Psalm 89, Psalm 89 and verse 34... And then we'll get into some things the Lord told Brother Charles. Psalm 89 and uh, verse 34. Thank you, Lord. It says, My covenant will I not break, nor alter the thing that has gone out of my lips. Once I have sworn by my holiness that I will not lie unto David. Well, the Bible says we've been brought into the sure mercies of David. But notice what he says. My covenant will I not break. And notice, I will not alter the thing that has gone out of my lips. God will not break his covenant. And what he has said, he has said. He won't change it. All right. He won't modify it or alter it. Well, then the question is this. Whose words will we establish in the earth? They're already established to God. They're forever settled in heaven. He won't alter them. He won't change them. I have to establish them. All right? Um, The Lord gave me this phrase here a couple weeks ago or a week or so ago. And he said this. He said, when did I ever say in my word to fill your mouth with what they said? Amen. You'll hear, and, and you'll hear people say, well, yeah, but they said. Well, when you're saying what they said, you're establishing what they said. You may not want what they said, but when you're saying what they said, you're establishing what they said. Amen. Hallelujah. I've, I've watched this over the years, and it's a simple, a simple thing, but uh, uh, as I said, you know, we started pastoring when we started the church in Kansas. Well, you know, Kansas is right in the middle of the nation, and so just like here in Arkansas, you know, in Little Rock where Jesus is building his church, you know, all that warm air comes up from the Gulf, and it, and it affects, you know, that cold air from the north really doesn't get down here. So much, but you have that Gulf Stream coming up from the Gulf and produces that warmness and and right humidity. Well, in Kansas, you're right there by Nebraska and Iowa and right there close to being up north. Amen. And when when that cool stream dips down in the winter, it gets down there in Kansas. Amen. And we we'd hit weeks where it would be it'd be we we had one year that uh, the average temperature was like 8, 9, 10 degrees below zero. Wow. I, mean, I mean, some nights it got down to 15 below. Yeah. Amen. I mean, cold, you know, like real cold. Kim and Richard, they, they're, well, they've been even some colder places, but they were there during those, those years, actually. It, it was cold. But here's the point. So you would get hit with major snowstorms. And, you know, snowstorm affects the... Uh, the getting around of people. And well, I'm a pastor, I want people in church. And so I got to exercising my faith against those, those sto- snowstorms. And they would say, well, there's, there's coming a, a snowstorm. And I'd start praying against it. I'd start, and I would say things like this. I would say, Lord, your people need to be in church. Uh, we need to have service. People need to hear the word. And so, Father, I thank you that it goes around us. I thank you that it stops. Father, I thank you that it stops within three days of us having church, whatever it may be, whatever needs to happen. And, 
And, and, and I would be declaring that, establishing that. Now, here's what would happen. Inevitably, somebody would say, well, uh, you know, they're calling for Snowmageddon. And it's going to shut everything down. Now, here's the thing. I had to answer that. Because I had to keep what I had established, established. Brother, Brother Caps would say it this way. Whatever you say, let it stay said. If you've said it, let it stay said. Don't alter it because you've said it. That, that makes faith, right? And so, and so somebody would say, well, I was watching the weather. And I would say, well, I appreciate that, but I don't care what they've said. This is what's going to happen. And we had one lady in our church, actually Pastor Marie Price, that pastor's in Clarksville now. She said one day, she said, we have not been able to have a good snowstorm since Pastor showed up. Because they used to like to go sledding and play in it. Well, I, I never really liked to play in it. I, I thought it was cold and uncomfortable. But, you know, that's just me. But that wasn't why I was praying against it. Now, the Lord taught me something there. And I saw this. Jesus told us to speak to trees and mountains. If I can speak to trees and mountains, I can speak to a snowstorm. And if I will establish that in the earth, I can change it. Do you see why the season we're in, you don't want to get your words behind everything they're saying? Amen. I, I got a text from a, a, a brother, and he was sharing some information with me. That, that's valid information. Uh, I'm not against him or the person that he got the information from. But they were saying a certain length of time for things. And I just text back nicely now. And I text back and I said, yeah, but the man of God said it would be over sooner than we think. Right? And, and, and he, he's a good man of God, good man of God, Holy Ghost filled. And he texted me back and he said, well, praise God, then that's what I'm going to believe. Yeah. Amen. Do, do you see what I'm saying? Your circumstances, the circumstances you face are attempting to get you to change what you're establishing. And the devil knows that. The devil knows that. And, and that's why in, in even areas of life that we've learned, if you're believing for something in your body, have you established through the power of your words that you are the healed of the Lord? Yes, I am. Then don't alter that. You're healed. Hey, See, this is the power of this. You're healed because you're saying it. You're taking the word that is what? Forever settled in heaven. And you're establishing it in your life. Now, don't alter it. Don't change it. That's what I am. I am the healed of the Lord. Yeah, but there's symptoms. That, that doesn't change what you are. And see, the enemy's trying to get you to change what you're establishing. Amen. Because he knows the power of our words. And so I learned early on that if I can alter a weather pattern. And I, you know, I know there are people that say, well, you really think you can alter the weather? James tells us, uses Elijah as an example, that he prayed and it didn't rain. Would that alter a weather pattern? Yes. And he said then he prayed again and it did rain. And he said that he gave that example saying he was a man that was a human being just like you, and he prayed and it didn't rain. Meaning that what you pray is going to produce what you desire. Amen. It's establishing this in the earth. Amen. And I don't want to lend my voice to something I don't want. Because Jesus said, I'll have what I say. Hallelujah. So whose words will you establish in the earth? Now, there were some things that he said, and he made this statement. He said, spoken words program your spirit either to success or defeat. Spoken words program your spirit either to success or defeat. So my words are programming me for what I should expect. Amen. 
And the reason that's so important is because the Word of God is what should tell us what to expect. I, 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 Saturday night in the service, I quoted some scriptures, one from Job 5 and another from uh, Psalms and, and another scripture, two scriptures from Psalms, where it basically says this. Job says, in times of destruction and famine, you'll laugh. He said, at destruction and famine, you will laugh. Amen? So when they talk destruction or lack, what do we do? We laugh. Why? Because that's the Word of God. I'm establishing it in the earth. Amen. Uh, uh, Psalm says, He will not be afraid in a time of famine. I got to put that in my mouth and establish it. No matter what. It's not, folks, it's not just this season. This season will pass. It will pass. It must pass. It's a natural thing. But I want us so far beyond that, 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 that we're, okay, we got this handled and we're moving on because here's the thing. In six months, you're going to face a challenge that you got to have the faith to overcome and you have to establish it now that when it shows up, I win. Amen. Hallelujah. Yeah, but I know somebody that had this and somebody that this and, and that. Yeah, but that should not affect what you're establishing. Amen. If you've worked in the, in the work world anytime, corporate world, any, worked with anybody, how many times have you heard this? Oh, I hate Mondays. Right? And, and what, what are the words connected with Monday? Oh, Blue Monday. Right? What, whatever it may be, you've heard all the words about Monday. How often did that person say that? How about this one? Oh, the weekend just flies by. Weekend goes too quick. The week drags on. The weekend just goes too quick. They have established that in their life. That is not the difference between heaven and hell, but they're miserable about Monday because they've established in their life that Monday's a bad day. They've established that. They set it up. They set themselves up to have a bad day every Monday because your words program you to success or defeat. And so they go into the office on Monday and it's a horrible day. Everything can go really well, and it's a bad day for them. Amen. And, and then they talk about other days. You know, Wednesday is hump day, meaning you're getting over the hump, right? And about Wednesday, they kind of start perking up. Monday and Tuesday, they're sad sack. Wednesday, they're kind of perking up. Thursday, they're a little better. Woo, Friday. Hey, Friday, right? The eagle flies on Friday. Right? You remember that phrase? The eagle, fly, the eagle flies today. What's that mean? Checks coming. Amen. Hallelujah. And Friday they're leaving the office. Woo! Yeah, I got money in my pocket. Nothing has changed except the day. Why is Friday? Did things go better Friday than they did Monday? Well, not really. But they have established that Friday is a good day. And Monday is a bad day. Amen. And people will say, well, yeah, because they speak negative. No, they have programmed their spirit. The Bible says my tongue is the pen of a ready writer. It writes things on my spirit. And when you're going around and you're saying things like, everything is going my way. All things work together for my good. God will turn everything to my benefit. You are programming your spirit to expect that. You're establishing that in the earth. Amen. And you can't, I don't, I don't even like to say the words that people say and are saying. When you lend your voice to certain things. I, the, Pastor Michelle said it over the offering this morning. From, from months, months before before anybody even knew the challenge that was coming, we were saying we thrive, we flourish. 
Somebody was telling me a story the other day about their, their neighbor coming out. And they looked at him and said, hey, neighbor, how you doing? And the neighbor said, and, and uh, I, I, I may not get it all 100% correct, but the gist of it was this. The neighbor said, well, we're sure not thriving. And, and the person they happened to come to this church, they said, we are, we're thriving. In our house, we thrive. Now, that didn't just happen. That was in there. They had programmed their spirit to say that. And when that other person said that negativity, it punched that faith button and they said, we are, we're thriving. I'm telling you, we're thriving. This church is thriving. This fellowship is thriving. Your job is secure. Your finances are secure. Your health is secure. We're programming our spirit for that. Amen. Okay, Lord, I'll say that. And that new house God's moving you into, He'll keep you in it too. He'll keep you in it. He'll keep you in it. Hallelujah. You know what? God gives you, God takes responsibility for. And He said, I will give you houses that you didn't build. Isn't it interesting? You know, Pastor Michelle and I are moving into a new home. Hallelujah. And isn't it interesting? We walked in the home and it was just the home that she's always wanted. Just the one she had always wanted. She looked at me the other day and said, Philip, the Lord has given me my dream home. Amen. Well, I don't know who built it, but when they were drawing up the blueprints, they didn't know they were building her house. But they were. What God gives you, God will take care of. God takes responsibility for. That, now, you got to establish that in the earth. And when you move in that home, you say, Now, Lord, this is your home. You gave this to us. We appreciate it. And we turn the care of it over to you. Now, he's not going to mow the yard or paint the, the, the woodwork. But you, you understand. He'll keep you in it. Because... Peter said he has the power to keep us. Amen. Years ago, you remember back, uh, well, I guess it would have been in 2008 and and there. You remember how high gas got? I mean, I think in in some places it was $4 a gallon. Right? It was high. I don't know how high it got here. I was living in Kansas at the time. But it was $385, $395. And I would hear people, all they would say is, whoo, these gas prices, whoa, gas, whoa, costs so much, oh, and here's what they would say, going to go broke buying gas. If you can go broke buying gas, you didn't have much anyway. Amen. And, and finally, man, I, I, got, I don't know if it was righteous indignation or just got mad at people's ignorance. But I finally said, look, if gas gets to $20 a gallon, I'm going to pull up at the pump and say, fill it up. Because the Lord knows I need fuel to get around. I need fuel to do my job. And He will always provide. This is, oh Lord, am I helping y'all? Every, every generation, they did not need fuel in the Old Testament. But there were things that they did need. And God provided for them. What we need in the generation we live in, God's got plenty of. Program your spirit to believe that. Amen. We are flourishing. We are thriving. We have more than enough. The Bible says in Psalm 1, are you the righteous? It says you're a righteous man. It says this. It says, it, uh, uh, Psalm 1 says, Blessed is the man that does not stand in the counsel of the ungodly, sit in the seat of the scornful. His delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law does he meditate day and night. And he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth fruit in its season. His leaf will not wither, and whatever he does prospers. Is that you? Because you're a righteous man, a righteous woman, a righteous person. Program your spirit with that. This is how it happens with me. Amen. Oh, glory. 
He said, the Spirit of God spoke to me concerning confessing the Word of God aloud when, where you can hear yourself saying it. And he said uh, that it, the Lord said it is a scientific application of the wisdom of God to the psychological makeup of man. So you're, you're taking the wisdom of God from the Word and you're saying it out loud and it is applying it to the, your psychological makeup. You start thinking like the Word. When God looks at you, He never thinks you're going to fail. He believes you're always going to win. I got to take that and apply that to me. I don't lose, I win. If anybody, I used to say this all the time, if anybody gets a raise or a bonus on this job, it's going to be me. I get, I may have shared this with you before, but I'll share it with you again. When uh, I, I worked for a number of years uh, in uh, uh, the corporate world for Blue Cross Blue Shield, and uh, the first year I was there, they came around and they said, well, uh, you know, we got some bad news. Uh, you know, we're, we're not going to be able to give Christmas bonuses this year. When they said that, immediately I said, I'll get one. I will get one. Amen. Amen. And uh, I went home and told my wife. Now, they said we're not going to get bonuses, but I'm going to get one. Amen. We're going to get bonuses. And I left it go at that. And, but when anybody would say anything, I said, no, 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 no. We're going to get a bonus. Amen. Hallelujah. I, I, I almost laughed out loud because about a week before Christmas, they came out and I said, well, things have changed and we're going to give out bonuses. And I got to see the COO of that company dressed like an elf passing out bonus checks. Oh, that was a good day. Amen. Now, people will say, you believe you did that? Yes, I do. I believe that somebody had to establish in that company that we're going to get a bonus. Amen. The Bible says when the righteous are in a place, they bless the whole city. I just read it in Proverbs the other day. It said when the righteous are in the city, the city rejoices. Why? Because things are going good for the city. It is not a coincidence. Do you know what our governor said? I was so blessed. He said this. They, they asked him. He said that, that he had pressure from other states about this, uh, what is it called, shelter in place. And he made this statement. He said, we're not doing that. He said, because in Arkansas, we are below the projected amount. That's not a coincidence. Amen. Those of us that live in this city, in this state, are saying, we're coming out of this. It's going to be better. It's going to be over quicker than people think. From this location at 10500 Markham, we are speaking blessings over our city. We are establishing some things in the earth. Amen. Glory be to God. Do you see that? And he said this. He said, the body of Christ must begin to live in the authority of the Word. For God's Word is creative power. And he said that creative power is produced by the heart, formed by the tongue, and released out of the mouth in word form. Now, I'm, I'm quoting Charles Capps, Brother Charles, directly. But it's, it's, it's so powerful. That creative power is produced by the heart, formed by the tongue, and released out of the mouth. So you're, you're forming it here and releasing it out of your mouth. Creative power. So, even if they say, you're not going to get a bonus, you're creating a bonus. You're creating it. You're creating jobs. Amen. When you go on your job and you say these words, I don't care who loses their job, I'm not losing mine. Amen. Now, a sad sack right beside you, he might be talking about how, how you know, the word's going to come down and, and we're all going to lose our jobs. You better get your mouth working and establish some things. No, I'm not. 
I worked with a little German guy, Daniel Van Meter. And uh, uh, Daniel hit me about right here. Just a little short guy, good guy. But he was always talking at our job. He'd say, you know, well, the, you know, they're going to shut us down and, and all this stuff. And finally, one day, I, I, I called him over to my desk. I said, Daniel, come here. And he came over and I said, look, I'm going to tell you something. I said, as long as I'm here, you'll have a job. And he said, well, how do you know that? And I, and, and I recounted the story of Joseph to him. I said, you know, when, or this is when I really got a hold of it. Uh, when Joseph came into Potiphar's house, the Bible says everything that Potiphar had went to another level. Amen. Everything, every, his house was blessed like it had never been. Amen. When Joseph was thrown into prison, the prison prospered. Amen. When Joseph got out and went to work for Pharaoh, the nation prospered. One man. I said, as long as I need a job, you'll have a job. He said, well, okay, I don't know that he believed it. And it went on for a number of times. The Lord said to me, he said, your last day on your job is February 22nd, 1999. And I, I, I gave my notice. I went back two weeks after that to get my vacation check and my final check. And I walked in to get my check and down the hall came Daniel. He said, well, you were right. I said, what about? He said, two weeks after you left, word came down, we're closing. And people say that was a coincidence. No, it wasn't. I established something in the earth. If I still needed that job, that company would still be running. Amen. Because God doesn't take you places for that company to be a blessing to you. God takes you places for you to be a blessing to that company. And that company will prosper because of you. They will end up in the black and making more money because there's a covenant man or a covenant woman on that job that needs that money. And you establish that. And you know it in yourself. Am I helping you? He said that in August of 1973, the word of the Lord came to him saying, if men would believe me, long prayers are not necessary. Just speaking the word will bring what you desire. Now notice he didn't say you don't need to pray. He said long prayers. I remember one time uh, I was in a, a city in West Africa called uh, Danu, D-A-N-U. And every afternoon we would, we would me and Pastor Eddie and, and, and a, a young man that was there with us, we would go and, and we would walk on the, on the beach or walk through the town. And here's why. Because it would get so hot in our, in our rooms. Every afternoon in Danu, the electricity would go out. And it would be out for three or four or five hours. And... Uh, uh, so we were walking one day, and I could, I could hear somebody praying, and, and it was loud. And I mean, they were just praying. And uh, uh, I kind of, you know, it kind of tickled me a little bit. And, uh, and I, was, I was talking to him, and, and, and of course, he made the statement. He said, well, you know, when you don't know how to believe, and, and, and you know, you're believing for everything, sometimes if, if you get loud, you know, you People feel like if they get loud that it's doing better. Well, but what struck me was this, and Eddie Quay is a man of faith, and what struck me was this, even in that environment, if I will learn that I can have what I say. Jesus did not put a clause in Mark eleven twenty three 23, that you'll have what you say if you live in America. Or if the economy's good. He said, you'll have what you said. And he told Brother Caps, he said, if just speaking the word will bring what you desire, my creative power is given to man in word form. So this is the Bible, yes, but it is the creative power of God in word form. So when you get in the Word and you declare, by His stripes I'm healed, you are not just making a confession, you're creating healing in your body. And He went on and said, I have ceased for a time from my work and have given man the book of my creative power 
And that power is still in my word. And he said, for it to be effective, man must speak it in faith. Hallelujah. Man has to speak it in faith. Words are containers. They carry faith or fear and they produce after their kind. Because that's, they contain faith or fear and they produce after their kind. When you speak words of fear, they produce fear. That may be an oversimplification, but it goes back to what are you establishing in the earth. Amen. If, for instance, if you take a child very early on, and uh, we've, we've been able to do this, I've proven this, raising children. If you take a child very early on, and uh, they're, they're going to bed, and you're putting them in bed, and, you know, you turn off the light, and uh, they make a statement, you know, uh, uh, whatever the statement may be. Can, can, can you leave the light on because I'm afraid? No. I got to change that. Because those words are carrying something. Every time they say, I'm afraid, they're solidifying that. Right? And, and you got to use wisdom about it. I mean, I understand that. But if you look at that child and you say, no, 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 no. We're not afraid of anything. Right? And then you turn their words around. That's why since Lily's old enough to comprehend, we have, a, we have a confession every day. I'm a champion. I'm a winner. I have no fear in Jesus' name. Amen. I'm greatly blessed, highly loved, and highly favored. Right? And, and, and declaring that. And so consequently, there's never been an issue with sleeping with a light, or I need this, or I need that. There, there's no fear. Yeah, you have to establish that because words are containers and they carry faith or fear. Spoken words program your spirit either to success or defeat. Amen. Faith, the word says, comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And it comes more quickly when you hear yourself quoting or speaking or saying the things God said. I was talking to a person one time, and they were talking about being weak in their body. And I said, but here's what Scripture says. It says, even to those that have no strength, He increases their might. God gives power to the faint. See, now you can sit around and talk about how you don't have any strength and get weaker because you're establishing that. That is now established to you. And no amount of vitamins, no amount of medicine, no amount of food is going to change that. Because you've established that you have no strength. And here's what happens. Even those things that could be a benefit to you, your body will work against them because you've established that you have no strength. And people can even go to the doctor and the doctor say, well, this should be working. But no amount of natural help can overcome the spiritual law that you have set in motion. You will have what you say. That, right? Now see, we have this where it's concerned if we get a bad report. No, I don't receive that. I'm standing against that. We have that. We understand that. But when it's reversed, well, this should be working. Why isn't it working? How often do you say it's not working? Amen. People will look at me and they'll go, how's it going, Pastor? I'll go, it's getting better. And I've had people say, well, how can you say that? Well, it is. It's getting, you've got a choice is what you say. Right? It's getting better. I choose to establish that it's getting better. Oh, glory to God. One person asked me one time, they said, how are you doing? I said, I am outstanding, but I'll do better tomorrow. Amen. Does that make sense? And he went on and said, For my word to be effective, men must speak it, and that creative power will come forth 
performing that which is spoken by faith. For my word to be effective. Remember what scripture says. It says that no word of God is void of power. Amen. That's what it states. But for that to be effective, it has to be spoken and that word will come forth. And notice, the word will perform that which is spoken in faith. Because you're establishing this thing. He said, He said, my word is not void of power. My people are void of speech. Hallelujah. I've had people say to me, well, you can't just have whatever you say. You're establishing that. I can have whatever I say. Let's, let's go over here and look at Mark 11. And, and again, especially in our circles, this is familiar ground. But you can allow familiarity to cause the word to be ineffective. Notice what Jesus said in Mark 11, verse 23. Truly I say to you that whoever will say to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass, he will have whatsoever he saith. And I've had people before say to me, well, pastor, I'm believing. Okay, but what are you saying? Because it's not just believing. It's believing and saying. It's believing and saying. You, you, can, you can believe all you want, but if you're never saying, what you believe is not being established. In uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 13, it says this. It says, we also having the same spirit of faith. According as it is written, I have believed, and therefore spoken. We also believe and therefore speak. So notice, we have two witnesses. It's not enough just to believe. I got to speak. Why? Because the power of what I believe is released in my words. So I choose to believe that this thing will be over much quicker than anyone thinks. I choose to believe and speak that May will be a month that God shows His grace. Amen. Amen. And I also choose to believe and speak this, that, that I will not allow anyone to define for me what normal has to be Amen. or how I have to feel Amen. or how I have to view things. Amen. It's your words are shaping your environment. Amen. Amen. And, and, and in, in whatever area, I was, I was, I was uh, sending something the other day on, on the phone in text, and I was telling people, nobody can define for you how you feel except you. Amen. Amen. I, was talk, I was talking to my son the other day, my, my uh, oldest boy, and uh, he was telling me last Sunday, as a matter of fact, he said, well, Dad, I'll tell you the truth. He said, my life hadn't really changed that much. I still go to work and work all day and come home and I'm with the family and you go to the store. He said, it's a little different. You know, people are a little more weird. And that's the truth. But if you really think about it, think about it. You might be spending a little more time at home, but your life hadn't changed that much. Why? Because Matthew 24 says that these kind of things will happen, but it will always shift back to normal. Don't get to putting in your mouth what the world says and start establishing that. Amen. He said, uh, by observing circumstances, well, let me say it this way. He said, my people are void of speech, they hear the world and speak as the world speaks. By observing circumstances, they have lost sight of my word. They hear the world speak and they speak as the world speaks. Now think about this for a moment. 
Brother Charles is in heaven. But what do you think he would be saying right now? What, here's one even better. What would Jesus be saying? The disciples saw a storm and were in the middle of the storm. And they kept saying, we're dying, we're perishing, we're going under. Wake him up, we're all going to die. Wake him up. Panic and run, panic and run. And Jesus woke up, saw the same storm, but something different came out of his mouth. Peace. Why did that come out of his mouth? That's what he had inside of him. And that's what he spoke out of him. Amen. I, I, I am not a person that says don't look at circumstances and don't pay attention to them. You can't help but see them. But it's what you're saying. He said, and I'll repeat it. They, they even speak that, he said, by observing circumstances, they've lost sight of the word. And that they hear the world and speak as the world speaks. Amen. When you watch the news, isn't it interesting that they always give you all the negativity? And you know, in millions of Americans' minds, they're establishing that fact. And then they hear somebody like you and me that says it's one day closer to normal. And they go, well, who do you think you are? I am who the Bible says I am. Right? Amen. And you can observe all the protocols and take all the steps that are right and that are wisdom and that are correct. But do it in faith. Amen. Glory to God. Listen. If you were if watching online or, or, or the, the, the help that we have here tonight, if you felt bad in your body and you came up here tonight and said, would you lay hands on me? I'd lay hands on you in a hot minute. Because I'm telling you, I don't mind saying it, no plague will ever attach itself to me. The life of God is flowing through me. The energy of the resurrection is in me. It cannot affect me. Amen. But I'm not just going to go out and grab people's hands randomly. Amen. Well, if you got faith, no, that's foolishness. I'm going to, wisdom is the application, the proper application of faith. But here's where it starts. Don't be speaking what the world's speaking. He went on and said, they even speak that which the enemy says and they destroy their own inheritance by corrupt communication of fear and unbelief. They even speak that which the enemy says and destroy their own inheritance. Hallelujah. This is so important because understand something. A bad report is just words. Just words. Well, they, they said this. It's just words. And, and I'm going to show you something. We have to have words that are bigger than the bad report. In uh, 1 John 5, I'm almost done. I, I intentionally uh, did not plan to be before you long. But my Lord, we're saying a truckload. First John 5 and 9. It says, if we receive the witness of men, the witness of God is greater. For this is the witness of God, which he's testified of his son. The word witness here is translated report. If we receive the report of men, the report of God is greater. A bad report is just words. We have to have words that are bigger than the bad report. The report of God is always greater than the report of man. Always. And that's why in the Old Testament it says, whose report will you believe? You take that over here and you've got to make a decision. Whose witness, whose report will I believe? 
He said, no word of mine is void of power, only powerless when it is unspoken. The word that is not void of power is powerless to us if we don't speak it. Amen. I, I learned this years ago because, you know, you'll be, uh, uh, you'll be leaving somebody, you know, leaving their company you've been visiting or whatever, and they'll say, all right, now take care. I learned years ago, even if I got to say it under my breath, no, I don't take care. Right? Or here you go, be careful now. Well, you know, if you ask them, they, they, they would say, well, I'm not telling you to be full of care, but you are. And if I let that stay established and I say, okay, or how about this, you too, now I'm establishing the fact that I'm full of care. Amen. People say, well, what do you say? Well, with Lily, she'll be climbing up on something or going somewhere, and I'll say, now be cautious. Be cautious. Well, what's the difference? There's a difference between caution and care. Careful is worried, concerned. Cautious is wisdom. See, people will say those are just words. There's no such thing as just words. No such thing. They affect you. Right? Think, think about this. Just look at the way words are spelled. Look at the word happy. You can't say happy and not smile. Happy. But how about this? Depressed. Joy. Sad. Good. Bad. Just look at the way they're written. Happy looks happy. Joyful looks joyful. Right? Great looks great. But words like bad, sad, depressed, fear. And you can't say fear happily. Fear. Doesn't sound right, does it? Because that's not what it's designed to express. Is it, right? It, you, you can't use certain words in a good way. Stupid. You can't use that in a good way. How are you doing, stupid? You can't use that in a good way. It's, it's demeaning. It's derogatory no matter how you say it. Right? But you can say, how are you doing, you smart guy, you full of wisdom guy? You're so smart. Right? Think about that. And so, so, so people start establishing things. And, and, and he said, they even say what the enemy says, and they destroy their own inheritance. So when somebody says, for instance, oh my, when they said that, I could have died. They are playing with something they're not aware. Right? Or, or whatever. And, and, and very often Christians will say, yeah, well, you know, that is negative. They're establishing something. That they're establishing something. They're corrupting their own inheritance. And he went on and said, as there is creative power in my spoken word, there is evil power present in the words of the enemy to affect and oppress everyone that speaks them. Everyone. And sometimes people say, well, you know, I'm just telling it like it is. The problem is there's no scripture that says just tell it like it is. It says to call those things that be not as though they were. It says to call the end from the beginning. To speak words of faith because faith is the substance of what you can't see yet. Right? And he said be not conformed. This is the Lord talking to Brother Charles. Be not conformed but be transformed into the body of faith knowing that my words are alive forevermore, believe, speak, and obtain that your joy may be full and you shall be complete in me. Now that was spoken to him by the Lord in 1973. 
but it's all based on what Scripture says. It hasn't changed. Amen. Do you see this? And so in wrapping this up, when, when you start saying what they say, amen. I, I was, I, I, I've talked to people before, and they'd say, you know, well, what if this and what if that? Well, what if, what, how does that change the word? Right? I'm the establishing witness. What I say, Jesus said, is what I'll have. Amen. I can be standing in the same room with somebody and them saying things like, my God, this roof's going to cave in. It could cave in and kill all of us. But I'm standing there saying, a thousand will fall at my side and ten thousand at my right hand. And that roof can cave in and get this one and get this one and I'll come out of it without a scratch. Remember a number of years ago when uh, that tsunami hit in Indonesia? I don't remember the exact uh, place. But there was a man there that was there. And if I remember correctly, he was there on business. And uh, he had listened to a teaching uh, by a minister. Well, the minister was Joseph Prince. And he had listened to a teaching he had on Psalm 91. On how a thousand will fall at your side and ten thousand at your right hand, but it will not come near you. And uh, this is documented by this man. He was coming down for business into the foyer of the hotel that he was staying in when that tsunami wave hit. And he walked into the foyer, and just as he walked into the foyer, that thing hit, and it hit just as he walked behind a huge pillar. And he said, there was destruction in front of me and destruction behind me. And people in that foyer that day lost their life. And now watch. And he just happened to step behind that pillar just as that wave came in that foyer. No, he didn't just happen to. He had been saying, no evil will befall me. A thousand will fall at my side. Ten thousand at my right hand, but it will not come near me. Amen. There's a story of a man that was... Uh, 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 involved in the uh, the single worst at that time accident in aviation history. Uh, uh, there was a plane that had just refueled that was full of fuel on the on the tarmac, and another plane was coming down, and in any event, they ended up colliding. And there was a man on there. He gave this testimony in a full gospel businessmen's meeting, and he said uh, he had been quoting that scripture from Isaiah. The flame will kindle around you, but you'll not be burned. When you go through the fire, you'll not be burned. When you go through the water, you'll not, you'll not drown. And he said that when that, that those planes collided, he was sitting there in his seat, and he said, I could see the fireball coming down that plane. He said, I could smell flesh burning, and people were dying. And he said, all I had time to say was, Dear Jesus, and he said, one minute I saw the fireball coming, and the next minute I was standing outside the plane watching the thing burn. And people say, wasn't that a miracle? It was a miracle that was preceded by what he said. He had established in the earth that even though the flames kindled around him, he would not be burnt. So important. Amen. He had established that in the earth. And when that occurred, it could not affect him. Because there was something stronger at work. When, when you say things like, I'm not subject to the diseases of this age. I will live out the span of my days on the earth. If I drink any deadly thing, it will not hurt me. He will remove sickness and disease from my midst and bless my bread and my water. And then if you accidentally ingest something that's harmful, it won't affect you because you've established some things in the earth. Amen. Do, do, do you see that? And it can't affect me the way it affects the world because I've established some things in the earth. Amen. When, when you're regularly declaring, accidents don't come nigh me. Diseases and sickness drop dead at my doorstep. They can't cross the threshold of my home.
Safest place in the city is wherever I'm at. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Do, do you see that? Why? Because I've established some things in the earth. If I haven't established them, there's no guarantee. But we've established it. We've established it. Every day we speak over you that no harm will come near you. But look, now listen, we were doing that before. Amen. Don't, don't be the person, and I know you're not, in closing. Don't be the person that when the problem hits, boy, you jump on the word and write it for all it's worth. And then the problem's over and you dismount. No, because this isn't the only season you're ever going to go through. This, this isn't the last plague that will test the earth. This isn't the last challenge. If Jesus tarries his coming another five minutes God time, you're going to see another challenge come against the earth because there's a devil loose. But we're going to win. We've already won. Glory be to God. So say it out loud. Father, in the name of Jesus, I establish in the earth that I am well, that I am whole, that I'm protected, no evil comes near me. I will not be subject to the diseases of this age. My job's safe. My family's safe. My home is safe. I receive raises and bonuses. I receive miracles during this time that astound me and astound those around me. And as I am giving testimony, I will give you the glory in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Hallelujah. You know, if you're watching tonight and you're not born again, the smartest thing you could ever do is give Jesus your life because he is your rock and your hiding place and your strong tower. If you've never made Jesus the Lord of your life, all you have to do is say, Jesus, I believe that you died and that you rose again and you're alive today and I make you my Lord. If you said that prayer, you're born again. It's just that simple. And find you. Keep watching our channel. Keep watching what's going on. Find other channels that are preaching the Word of God. And God will turn your life around. And your best days are yet ahead of you.